0: What's up, y'all, and welcome to the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita, back in action. Today is June 27th, 2020. It's a Saturday morning, and I have been out of action for a few weeks, over the last few weeks. Sorry, there have not been any podcasts coming out. Uh, There hasn't been a whole lot going on in sports, but it looks like that's about to change. We'll get into that today. Other thing I wanted to mention... I've been working hard on a project that I'm excited. I can't share with you all yet, but I've been, over the last few weeks, working diligently on that project, and I'm excited to be able to share that with you all very soon. That should be out over the next couple of weeks or so. More information in an upcoming podcast episode. But today, we have plenty to talk about because it appears... That the Major League Baseball owners and players have come to an agreement. The season is bound to start July 23rd and 24th. I have an excellent man joining me this morning. First time on the podcast, believe it or not. It feels like this podcast episode has been a long time coming, but I was finally able to track him down. One of my great friends, James Ivkovic. James, how are you doing this morning?
1: Doing well, Jack. Thanks for having me on. Like you said, long overdue and uh, happy to be a part of this.
0: Yeah. Are you cool with me, given the Serbian pronunciation of your last name? Go for it. Go for it. I'm all for it. <laughs> you don't care. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> well, James, before we get into our topics for today, since this is your first time on the podcast, who are you? How How do I know you? Uh, and why do you make a good guess for today? I'll, I'll, I'll back you up on this, but I want to hear your answer to this question first.
1: Definitely. So I think the first time we met was sophomore year back at school, um, yeah. at Carthage, um, Jack and I, uh, eventually went on a trip together for probably one of the coolest trips I
0: think that I will ever have in my life. Um, probably the coolest and, that we've had so far. Yeah,
1: <laughs> It was a sports journalism trip, um, being able to go to the five major baseball stadiums, um, or professional baseball stadiums throughout the state of California. Um, basically getting a chance to meet a lot of, um, Big time, uh, what would you say? Marketing, uh, journalists, essentially. Um, And yeah, from there, pretty much has sparked the friendship. Um, Definitely a fun time, I would say. Um, Jack and I's passion for the sport um, is what led me to want to join Jack on this (laughs) uh, podcast here today.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you are also very profound in the sport of college basketball so hopefully we are able to get a college basketball season here in a few months and we can uh do something a little more regularly on that sport as well
1: very hopeful for it here too yeah but baby steps i guess right (laughs) baseball season first let's get to that and um you know hopefully everything does go to fruition with the plan that's in place right now for them
0: Yeah, and you mentioned we got to rub elbows with some folks out in California. So we met a baseball writer, we met a marketing executive for the Oakland A's, we met the Oakland A's owner at the time, Lou Wolf, and I was able to uh, bring Joe Girardi over to our class and have you guys meet him, which was a really fun time.
1: That's right. Former Cub. That was, uh, that was the Vita connection there. (laughs) Um, I think when either the first or second day that we had touched down over there too. So, um, certainly was a trip of a lifetime. Um, especially if you're a sports fan like Jack and I are, um, definitely one that I will carry with me those memories for a lifetime. So, um, like you said, glad to be a part of this and, um, I'm ready to rock and roll.
0: All right, James. I couple other quick questions for you. Your favorite ballpark from that trip?
1: Ooh, favorite one. Um, I'm gonna have to go with. Uh, well, I don't think it's AT and T Park anymore now. But what is <laughs> it's it's Oracle been, now? Oracle Park. Oracle Park. Yeah, that one. Uh, Definitely the coolest scenery, I would say. I would put San Diego a close second um, yeah. for my personals. How about how about yourself?
0: Yeah, I really thought those two and Dodger Stadium were the real three big landmarks. I mean, Angel Stadium and Oakland were pretty cool, but I Dodger Stadium, I love the history there and just the fact that it was so unique that it was just out in the hills and there are all those hills out in the outfield. It reminded me of Cooperstown
1: very much so yeah definitely unique how you essentially enter on the third level i think it was too like a
0: bowl almost yeah (laughs) yeah it was a lot of fun all right one other question for you james without sports we you know everyone's been looking for content what's a good movie or a show that you've watched recently over the last couple of months something that stuck out to you
1: Yeah. So, um, believe it or not, actually my girlfriend's grandparents always rent a, um, lake house down in Lake of the Ozarks. They have for a number of summers. Now I was fortunate enough to be able to, um, tag along with them here the past few summers. Um, down there, we had initially started the show Ozark. (laughs) Um, funny enough, the, basically the few days after we had gotten back the first time we went down there. Um, and, we had pretty much stopped watching it since this quarantine happened. I decided to watch it with my parents and we're toward the later stages of season three. And that would be one that I definitely recommend outside of that outer banks. I know it's kind of a corny one, um, (laughs) but that would be another one that I would recommend to others as well.
0: Sweet. I I guess my recommendation I'll throw out there. It's not, obviously it's a movie that everyone knows about, but I rewatched it earlier this week. First time I'd seen it in a long time. Great sports movie. And honestly, I don't think it's gotten a whole lot of love recently. Friday Night Lights is an outstanding movie.
1: Oh, yeah. Who's that? Billy Joe? Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Billy Bob Thornton. Yes. Good one, too. I, I like that one as well.
0: Yeah. I feel like a lot of times you see people put out stuff on Twitter, which is here you can pick one of these nine sports movies. And Remember the Titans, it seems to be the more iconic high school football movie that gets a lot of love, and rightfully so. But I think Friday Night Lights is right there with it, if not better.
1: Oh, 100%. It, it goes through the similar, um, I, not so much similar plots, but um, idea of the struggle uh, amongst the team and its players and even its coaches and just how they, like you said, kind of the whole teamwork idea and uh building up one another too but also another fantastic um, fictional movie i guess you could say
0: well it's a true story friday night lights is yep. or non-fictional yes <laughs> cool all right james we've got plenty to talk about today so let's dive into it earlier this week it was around i don't know it was maybe wednesday night or tuesday night we got breaking news around 10 or 11 p.m. Central Time. The owners and the players finally have found some common ground, finally have agreed to a plan where baseball will return, Major League Baseball. Tentatively, obviously, we don't know what everything's going to look like with our COVID-19 society and just where things are moving, but it's. It, I'm pretty encouraged. I have reason to believe that we're going to start on time. So, I'm curious with that breaking news. What was the? What were your immediate thoughts? What stood out to you?
1: Uh, yeah, it's, it, sports are back. That was uh, <laughs> definitely the first thing that came to mind. It was definitely excitement here. I know, obviously, over the past four months here, it kind of has been a very grim time throughout the world. Here, um, you know, not really a whole lot of. Uh, you know, positivity, like you said, and I know this is something that Jack always reiterates too, but just always trying to look at that, that glass, uh, half full. Um, yeah. So having our sports back too, especially being such big fanatics of it, um, definitely a step in the right direction here too. I know there was a lot of the, uh, chatter back and forth between the players and owners of where and when, and then there were, um, I guess, the deals initially were getting turned down by one another or not agreed to. So it was definitely a a frustrating tug of war um, to say the least there. But like you said, um, initial reaction was, um, you know, happy to have um, baseball back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's rewind a little bit. You mentioned that ongoing tug of war between the players and owners, which is still going to keep going even when baseball is back. This is a thing that's going on for decades it's it feels like but the tug of war in order to figure out this sport do you have a side do you have a take on any of that because it seems like people are either on the player side or the owner side
1: yeah that is uh definitely some gray ground i would say um you know i do i think that both could uh level with one another absolutely um when you are dealing with what are we even talking here? Multi-billion dollar corporations, right. and organizations. Um, there's a, a lot of things that do come into play with that. Um, I'm sure you and I can't even begin to understand every sort of, um, little thing that goes into those types of decisions, agreements. Um, obviously the players and owners are going to know a lot more than we do. Um, but yeah, like you said, it, uh, Definitely was. I, I guess there really isn't a side that I necessarily take part in. Um, again, being the average, I guess you could say, average Joe. Um, you know, when it when we're talking about that much money, how much is <laughs> yeah. is enough? And when do you just kind of put your foot down? Like this is almost getting to a point of why are we continuing to have this this argument here? But like you had mentioned, this has been something that's been going on for number of years, and I don't think it's going to continue to stop just because we came to this agreement for the shortened season.
0: Yeah, I'm on the same page with you, James, for the most part. I don't really, we weren't in those meetings. We don't entirely know what was said, but I, I guess my main takeaway from it was A, as you mentioned, thank goodness that we got to this point and that baseball is going to be played. But, having said that, B, I do think that they squandered an opportunity here potentially because initially they were talking about let's get back out there at the beginning of July and now maybe maybe that isn't very plausible maybe that was never able to happen based on every all of the limitations and restrictions in certain states I, I don't know but let's just assume for the sake of this argument let's say that that's okay that they are in fact able to play on July 1st. So then you have three, four weeks where baseball is the only team sport in America that's being played. I guess maybe that's a little ignorant of me to say because I don't entirely know what the deal is with the MLS. But in terms of the four major professional team sports, baseball is a little bit of an opportunity there to be the only sport on and get some new eyeballs. Unfortunately, it appears that NHL and NBA are going to be coming back at the exact same time.
1: With that, and I would uh, 100% echo and agree with what you're saying. I think you hit the, the nail on the head, too. Um, I do think baseball, of those major four sports, kind of gets that vibe of, um, like you had mentioned, uh, sort of connecting with the older crowd as well. It's a big statistician-type game, analytics-type game, where you know it's very much so, um, our grandparents and whatnots were continuing to follow it too. and it, the game um certainly has evolved over the years, but for the most part has remained a constant, I would say, throughout you know the um, seventy plus years over the last seventy plus years, I would say. um with that too, like you said, kind of getting new eyes as well involved in it. I do think uh, the younger. Generations, younger crowds have sort of drifted away from that. Their attention spans aren't necessarily something that, you know, Oh, i got to sit through these nine innings of what's even going to happen. Sometimes a ball is hit and whatnot. Um, So I do think, like you said, it was a huge opportunity for them to really regain, I guess, the popularity uh, from that standpoint here too. Um, I know even listening to some of the MLB Network talks um, with Harold Reynolds here, just talking about even the shortened sixty-game season, how competitive these games are going to be, and how it is going to be literally a sprint rather than that one hundred and sixty-two-game marathon that you know we go through on an annual basis here. So I definitely think um, it's going to create for more of a competitive atmosphere, um, where, like you said, if you're if you're you know losing ball games within a week and a half, two-week span, and uh, you're not you know sitting pretty here, I think the example that they used last year was. Uh, the Nationals, who had started out through their first 60 games, 27 and 33, end of the day, yeah. they were the ones who ended up on top here. So it's going to uh, definitely create for, like I said, that sprint-type atmosphere um, and something that, like you said, you know, there was an opportunity there to um, really bring in a new crowd uh, for this and really get them enticed and um, being able to connect with them.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's going to be, as you mentioned, 60 games. That's 102 less games than we play in a normal season. That is insane.
1: It it, it truly is. I know a big thing that they've been talking about is just the, um, uh, I guess the big emphasis on the training staffs as well as those bullpens as well being two big things. I know we're kind of getting more so into like the, the teams themselves now but those are going to be a huge yeah. factor that obviously a huge factor when you are working with 162 games but in a 60 game season here you know like we had mentioned here things are happening quick you got to make sure that these players are ready um very quickly here too and making sure that they are prepared and ready to play and um it, it's definitely going to be an adjustment i would say um for just about everyone. I know they had mentioned even something about the trade deadline being within two weeks of the start of the actual regular season, too. So a lot of changes, a lot of new interesting things that we're going to see as well. So um, I'm anxious to to get going and see more on it.
0: Yeah, it looks like the trade deadline is going to be set for August 31st, 31st. Uh, which... So that's, that's about five weeks later, but still, I mean, relatively to, I mean, you typically play those three and a half months to figure out if you're a buyer or a seller, and you might have to make that decision pretty quickly, which could be very fascinating to see around that trade deadline. Oh,
1: 100%. I think a lot of a lot of changes even to some franchises. I know, for instance, probably a subject for another day, but talking about the and <laughs> Chris Bryant, that's been one that's been yeah. hanging out there and been a rumor for Um, it seems like the better half of about two years at this point. So, um, it will be interesting to see because a lot of the, you know, franchises, um, these are franchise altering moves. So it it will definitely be, um, interesting to see what goes down with that.
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if there's a greater sense of urgency for a team that has a window that might be closing. So, for instance, you look at the Dodgers. They just made that Mookie Betts trade, and now they're only going to get them for 60 games as opposed to the 162 that they mm-hmm. were initially anticipating. Will that create a greater pressure on them to do stuff? Or will maybe, maybe you have on the flip side of that a team like the Braves who going into this year you say they have all the prospect capital, all the money to make a trade for a guy like Chris Bryant – but if the season is so weird, maybe they say, Look, this is such a fluky season and there's a chance that even though I mean, in my belief, I think the Braves are clearly the best team in that division going into the year, I know the nationals won the World Series and we can talk about that later. But I mean you look at that team, they're just they've won the division the last two years, so much young talent, so much opportunity to really just continue to push that thing forward and make some bigger moves but let's say as you mentioned they come out of the gate 10 and 15 now all of a sudden they say you know what we might we could get that chris bryant piece but we're gonna be here next year so should we really go all in if we're only going to get 20 or 30 games out of chris bryant rather than a full i mean obviously rental players are only around for a shortened amount of time. And yes, you would get Chris Bryant for next year as well, but you would think that it'd be more worth your while and it'd be a better bang for your buck if you were getting that guy for a full
1: 162. Oh, 100% too. I think, like you said, that team is constructed very well, as are the Dodgers. I think those are almost um, a couple of the um, premier-ran organizations year in, year out. You see them drafting well. You see them going through the international pool very well. Um, with those signings too. Um, So like I said, those, those two definitely are, um, I I think, you know, asterisks. And and when I also talk about asterisks is going to be a lot about this season too, which a lot of people are going to be putting it similar to that of the uh, NHL season back in 2012, 2013, when they had that shortened year, obviously just different yeah. circumstances that were happening there. And, you know, luckily our Blackhawks did actually win that. But <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, no, looking at it even from this standpoint too, like you said, um, is it really worth it this year? Like you said about that, that Braves team, um, being a team that's constructed very well, a lot of very solid prospects here. A lot of things can happen. It is just very much so a fluky year. Um, I would be surprised to see those big name splashes, like you said, if it was a start similar to, like you said, hovering right around that 500 mark, maybe a little bit below, a few games below. Um, definitely would be interesting to see what they would do. Um, I know, like you had mentioned, my first instinct would be probably put the brakes on, slow it up here, and yeah. let's regroup for yeah. a full 162 in 2021.
0: Yeah. I think so. Let's talk about some of these changes that are coming to the league this year. And I have a lot of thoughts on these, but I want to make sure you get some of your thoughts in because there's a chance I go on a uh, several-minute rant uh, at some point. So... Perfect. That works for me. <laughs> All right, James. So the biggest change that I is really, I think, a, a divisive issue in the sport of baseball is a designated hitter. <laughs> Coming to the National League, there's a universal DH, and it's not just happening for this year, but also for next year. What are your thoughts on this matter? And by the way, CBA is set to expire after the end of next season. Okay. So it looks like so they can renegotiate DH or whatever at that point. But I, my personal th- opinion is that now that's it's here, it's going to be here for good. And as a National League fan, I've made my thoughts known about the designated hitter uh, on this podcast. Jordan Morandini and I did a whole spiel about it a few weeks ago. But what are you? What are your thoughts on that whole matter?
1: With it, yeah, um, I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying about that new generation as well. Hitting is the sexy thing in baseball versus the pitching, I would say. Um, I think there's a little more strategy that goes into having to have that pitcher hit eight or, eight or nine in your lineup in the National League every day. Um, with the DH, yeah. obviously, you're you're putting you know someone out there that's going to be hopefully getting yeah you, uh, you know twenty plus home runs. Uh, you know, at a clip of 350-plus on base sort of thing. Um, like I said, more runs equals more fans equals more revenue, that sort of thing. I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Um, like you said, this could simply be a trial run here. Um, I'm not too sure it will be either. I think it's uh, pretty much kind of a wait-and-see game with that whole thing. But like you said, it it very well could be here to stay. Um, but with the new CBA coming up, too, that could – Simply mean, like you said, maybe the, you know, and I was just like, ah, I don't really like it. I like kind of the strategy that comes behind with that and having to bunt, move, move players over. When am I pulling this pitcher? Um, that sort of thing too. So it will certainly be um, another interesting thing to keep a close eye on.
0: Okay. Here comes my, uh, my tangent. So uh, pump the brakes for a couple minutes, sit tight and uh, listen up. All right. Let's hear it. <laughs> just warning you. Okay. Okay. So I've made my thoughts known on the DH, and uh, I'm not going to go into that today. I've, I've, ex- I've explained previously why I'm not a fan of having the DH in the National League. I'm okay with it being in the American League. Here's my takeaway on this whole thing. I think in the day of social media, there, social media, first of all, is about instant gratification. And people on social media who frequent it have short attention spans. So you get a lot of these people from big media whether it's the talking heads on First Take on ESPN and Stephen A Smith or whomever and I'm not talking about the people who cover the sport of baseball I'm talking about the people who do sports talk in on a national level mm-hmm. At a certain point baseball became unattractive to those people and they've just kind of rode this lazy take of oh baseball's dying baseball is boring and you heard it so much over the past two months, we're like, oh, if this baseball season doesn't get played, we're, we're in big trouble here. And I think you could kind of go back a little bit to where this may have come from. And if you were to watch SportsCenter in the mid-2000s, in middle of the summer, they were always leading with baseball games. And nowadays, you don't really get that even when baseball's the only sport that's going on, unless it's the trade deadline or it's stories off the field. They don't give you a whole lot of game content as the lead. My opinion is that back at that time, ESPN was much more invested in baseball. They broadcast the playoffs. And at a certain point, they lost those TV rights to the playoff games. And so what did they do? They started to put baseball on the back page I think other big media conglomerates sort of followed that lead. What did ESPN have going on for it? Well, they had the NBA playoffs. They had the NBA finals. And I think that over the last 10 years, it's kind of become trendy for big media, social media to puff up the NBA for whatever reason it is. And conversely, put down baseball, say the sport's dying, say that it's boring, and offer a lot of opinions about that. But if you were to look at the numbers, baseball still does amazing in the local markets, whereas you have the NBA, which you, you, you're being told all the time, oh, this sport's going to overtake the NFL at some point. That That's never going to happen. The NBA viewership, the way that you hear about the NBA oh my gosh, it's the best league, it's the league of the future, et cetera, et cetera. The viewership has taken a huge dip over the last two years. At a certain point, it became trendy to kind of put down baseball. And I think what Major League Baseball has done is they've allowed social media, people who don't have interest in the sport at all, to bully the league into making decisions that they think are going to make the sport more appealing to those people. Where in my opinion, I don't, I don't think that you tell someone who says, Hey, I, 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 baseball's boring. And then you say, Hey, guess what? We have a designated hitter now in the national league. I mean, what percentage of those people are now going to watch? And I think what you end up doing is while you attempt to try to make the sport appealing to newer fans what you end up doing is you run the risk of losing some of your core audience or at least alienating them to some extent the pure traditionalist um and that that's my thought on the whole notion and i think you see it just with a lot of changes that have come the last few years with pitching change restrictions with this I, idea that the games need to be shorter getting rid of the intentional walk juicing up these baseballs to have more home runs and i i don't think that that's really i think at a certain point you just kind of have to play to your strengths and accept what you have except that yeah some of these people they might not ever come around but that's fine because you have an awesome league that's making a lot of money still
1: yeah definitely um no yeah i i would agree with what you were saying as well um i think we can both um, agree to the fact that NBA, MLB, both international um, leagues at this point. You know, they have a Absolutely. a big old span, uh, uh, you know, across, across the globe, I guess you could say at this point. Um, you know, NBA being throughout Europe, uh, MLB going into, you know, Asia as well, a little bit of Europe, but I would say Europe is more of that basketball draw. I would say... Central
0: America, South America. Right,
1: exactly. Um, I would say... Um, going off of your point, I would say a more national renowned figure are those LeBrons, are those Kobe's that are, um, you know, a a little more nationally recognized, I would say, than say a Mike Trout, who obviously being a big baseball fan here, we all know that in the U S and the Canada and New Mexico. Um, I, I just think that like you said, that, that NBA brand and why they've given it so much hype, why they've given it so much. Um, and to the NBA's credit, in, in all honesty, I, there was a time probably six, seven years ago when they were doing these mega teams, you know, the quote unquote mega teams. Yeah. Um, and that was really, um, where my NBA interest had initially, um, kind of gone away. I, could, I guess you could say, um, cause I was growing up here in the early two thousands when you did have LeBron Wade, all those guys going at it, Dirk on their own, on their own teams, their own franchises. Yeah. I loved that. That was what it was about. You yeah. know, pretending to be those guys. You know, be that the man to take over, go for twenty-five in the fourth quarter, and to be the savior of that said franchise. Um, and it really it, it went away. And I guess, like you said, those mega teams. When you have those big sports figures of the LeBron Wade Bosh all together on one team. Um, that created interest, you know, like you said, those, those big figures created that interest and drew that interest from across, across the pond, essentially. Um, and I guess that that's where I'm trying to get at with the NBA. Like I had mentioned, just bigger figures, I guess you could say from a national standpoint versus baseball, where obviously, like you said, the Mike trouts of the world. And in the early two thousands, it was, jeter it was bonds and those were the 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 nationally recognized within i guess you could say the americas um for for lack of a better term here so i I do think the nba's game stretched more globally that's that's why it was what it was like you had previously mentioned and why they were kind of knocking around the mlb and whatnot but like i said to the nba's um Defense, I guess you could say, or to their credit, I do think the NBA has gotten a lot better. Um, again, probably a subject for another day here, and I might be going off on a little sure. bit of a tangent as well here. <laughs> but, um, no, I do think it actually has gotten a lot more better better from a competitive standpoint as well, um, something that I think baseball held for quite a bit. I mean, people want to see those same teams. They want to see the Jeters and the Yankees winning world series in four straight years sort of thing, or they want to see LeBron taking home eight straight NBA titles sort of thing. Um, you know, just those at the top of the game, the best in the world sort of thing. I'm, I'm very much so, uh, I I love seeing that competitive nature, um, where you have the new teams in and out of those, um, you know, world series, NBA finals type situations. Um, so that's why um, I have been, I guess, leaning towards baseball for as long as I have, just because of the degree of difficulty I think it is to uh, yeah. continue to repeat that success where NBA it takes about a player or two to really dictate the direction of a franchise where obviously a player or two can certainly make a change for any team. I mean, look at Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and what they did for that organization for the Cubs over the past six, seven years. As well, Um, but NBA, I guess, like we had mentioned, very much so can alter that franchise um, with within you know a day's span, essentially.
0: Yeah, I think the the big thing is I want to say is that I think both leagues just need to play to their strengths, do what you have, and that's why I think baseball is starting to really. I think they've changed a lot because they want to get that sexy nature and the appeal and the love from the press. And I don't know if they're ever going to get that. Uh, Another thing is, I think a big mistake a lot of people do is they make decisions based on a lot of what social media says. And social media doesn't reflect real life in a a lot of ways. It does in some ways, but in a lot of ways, that's just a a segment of the population. I, I guess my point is that they have, baseball has a lot going for it, and I don't, entirely believe that now you had the designated hitter and all of a sudden you're going to get these new eyeballs. I mm-hmm. think what brings the new eyeballs is getting an agreement done and just getting the sport out there when there are no other sports on.
1: It'll be interesting to see what happens. Like you said, I do think the DH um, in their eyes um, pretty much everything that you've touched on already though, but just the idea of um, again, scoring runs is going to what's going to catch people's interests and eventually um, bring in that new crowd, I guess you could say. That's, I think, their idea at this point, and uh, pretty much just reiterating, like you said, though, too. I, I really hope that doesn't um, I guess be the end-all, be-all, but like you had mentioned, MLB should just play to its strengths right now. It's um, been working for eh, the better half of a century, too, so um, <laughs> why why change? You know, I'm a big proponent of, if it ain't fixed or excuse me, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So um, we'll see what happens here. Uh, like you said, there's a lot of uh, adjustment period here to come within the next couple of months, and uh, we'll, we'll take it from there.
0: Absolutely. So one of the other changes that was made is this new extra innings rule. And actually, this is one of the changes that I don't entirely mind all that much. I actually have kind of been on board with this for a little bit. Starting this season... And I guess we'll see if this continues, but at least for this season, extra inning games, you'll start with a runner on second base. And they've played around with this in minor league and fall league games. And basically the guy who made the last out in bottom of the ninth, or top of the ninth is going to start on second base. And you could pinch run for him and take him out of the game if you want. I have thought for a while, you know what? maybe we do this when we get to the 12th inning and you could do something where you play like two or three regular extra innings. And then in order to, you could do this thing in the top of the 12th or the top of the 13th or whatever. And then from that point forward, every two innings, you could do something where, okay, now we got a guy on first and second or second and third. Mm -hmm. And I think that that could be, we have adjusted overtime, like shootouts in hockey are one of the greatest Things that we've added, so I, I this is something that I I don't mind, and I'm actually intrigued to see play out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be one of those where teams that are successful with that are going to love it. Teams that aren't successful with it and not going to bring in that run from the get go <laughs> uh, aren't aren't going to fall in love with it. It's just uh, it, it certainly is different. I guess I don't really have as strong of a take on it. I think it's interesting, kind of changing it up to Um, with this, like you said, maybe implement this something in the 12th inning, you know, as the game sort of drags on too. um, I, I I do think at times going back to again, where we lose some of the audience is on those back half of those later innings, those games that drag on at the two to two and we're in the bottom of the 14th here type thing. Um, that's where I, I think that, uh, we could definitely lose, um, some of the fan appeal, um, in situations like that. But like you said, too, I, I do think, um, I think it could be beneficial for, for baseball in, in all honesty. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I'm not like a super for super against and I think it'll be a cool, um, little trial period as well. Uh, I guess for even a question for me too, is this something that they're just trying out again for the 2020 season here, or is this going to be something moving forward then too for them?
0: Yeah, maybe it's something that they can modify and tweak where they say, we'll play the 10th normal and then we can start the 11th with a guy on first and the, the 12th, we have a guy on second and we're still going. Now we got a guys, guys on first and second. Like I said, you could play around with it. I think that'll be, that's something that I, I don't mind. I think the really, the only problem with having the really long games aside from depleting bullpen, which I think is something that teams can work around their ways to work around it. I think the really big problem is just when they're a night game, when it's a seven o'clock start Uh time and you're playing into the early hours of the morning. Whereas if the game starts at 1 PM, which personally I love day games more than I like night games in general, you end up playing six hours. Well, big deal. The game's over at 7 PM.
1: With those. Yeah. Um, I would agree with you a hundred percent too. I, I mean, basketball has the whole idea of the. Oh, uh, what was the whole thing last year? Um, and I, it seems to be a, a tip of my tongue here, like the over overwork, <laughs> overworking or what did they call it? Um, with some of the way that the game load was, management, load management. Thank you. Yeah, with that uh, whole issue that they were going through too. And I, I mean, I can definitely see it even with baseball too. There's there's a ton of traveling that happens um in in a very short span of time like you said and if you are going through games like you said in the wee hours of the morning here finishing up at two and you got that matinee tomorrow at at 130 that's uh it's a tough rebound for sure for a lot of players too so um definitely uh something interesting to uh take a look at so
0: yeah we also have Apparently, no high fives, no fist bumps, no hugs, no spitting or chewing tobacco. Gum is allowed. It's really hard to imagine guys being able to not do that. I don't know how effective these uh, rules are going to be. Are you going to have a a situation where Yassiel Puig is suspended because he kissed one of his uh, coaches on the cheek, which he's been known to do?
1: (laughs) Interesting. I, to be honest with you, I didn't even know that. I wasn't looking too much into it, but I probably should have been. But that is... Uh, that's I don't think a lot of people know about that. So it's it's the chewing of the gum, essentially, is what is allowed. Yeah. Okay. Interesting.
0: So no dip and no, no physical contact, apparently. Wow.
1: This is uh, certainly going to be something until we figure out how to eventually avoid all of this altogether here with uh, what's been happening over the past couple of months.
0: I would think that it, to the point where you're traveling around together, at a certain point, you would be tip, totally quarantined together. Obviously, these players are going to see their families too, and you want to be careful of all of that stuff. Yep. But I, I actually don't think that Guys who are on the same team who are going to do a little high five or a fist bump. I mean, they're in such close quarters already with their locker room, with their dugout. And obviously they're going to do stuff where the guys who aren't playing are going to be spaced out in the stands instead of in the dugout. But personally, I don't think that's a big danger. I think maybe they could have, instead of implementing this, maybe you aren't allowed to make contact with guys on other teams Um, which would make brawls all the more uh, scandalous. But uh, yeah, I I don't entirely sign on to that one. It'll be interesting.
1: I I don't think any of us really know. And it's just like you said, the cautionary aspect of everything. This thing has been slippery, essentially. I'm not really sure where to go about it. Like you said, it could simply be that you are in a room with a bunch of other people and no contact even does happen. and yet you somehow have those types of symptoms and whatnot. It, it'll be um, certainly interesting. Like you said, it's, it's not really anything that any of us have ever gone through. Um, this is definitely a take it day by day type situation and basically react to that. I would much rather us be proactive, though, than be reactive in these types of situations, too. So um, it is, it, it's nice to see at least steps being taken um, to move things in the right direction, at least
0: couple other notes here, and then we can move on and talk about a few other things here for today. Yep. Uh, teams are going to be opening the season with a 30-man active roster. After two weeks, that roster will reduce to 28 guys, and after four weeks, down to 26. Uh, I don't think that's going to be a real big change, but they did get rid of the 40-man expanded rosters already okay. going into this year for the month of September, which something else that I don't, I didn't, really, and I didn't really like that they got rid of that um, in general, but I think it, it could be kind of cool to have an expanded roster to start the season because I do enjoy the fact that more guys get that opportunity in the month of September.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, again, I think it's just one of those based on the situation that we have at hand here with it being such a um, composed type season, the season, excuse me, um, that, I guess that's just a decision that they felt was going to be the best bet. I'm I'm big, like you had mentioned, to kind of get those younger guys up there, get their feet wet a little bit for the following season as well um, in those September games too. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, um, would I wish to see the 40-man? Yeah, that would be awesome here. But at the same time, again, I don't think it's one that I am um, super, I guess, Sure. About, probably more yeah. a little bit on the fence um, than anything
0: else. I actually think this could be maybe this is a good thing because they wanted to get rid of the forty man. Maybe this is something where the players say at the next CBA, we like that when we had more guys to open the season. It, I think one of the biggest criticisms people have had with the forty man is the fact that it's the crunch time of the season, and now all of a sudden you have baseball being played differently. What if they in the future were to go back to the 40 man model and they just started the season that way. And then in the month of may you, you go down to 25 guys or 26 guys or whatever you want to do. Interesting. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, again, I, I mean, up for debate, I I suppose could be something that is coming in, you know, the future. When did you say that the CBA was 2021 is the, is the new one following yeah, after year, after
0: next season after next yeah.
1: season after the 2021 season you're saying
0: correct gotcha
1: um yeah it could be something again i'm not sure i i do think that this is a good time for a lot of this um trial period uh just because like you said it is a very unique situation that we're in here um kind of a fluky type season so um, this is a perfect, I guess, time to kind of go along with those experiments, I guess you could say, um, for better or for worse, I guess. And and that's yet to be determined, I guess, at this point.
0: Something else to note is that this plan that Major League Baseball has in place for guys who are unsigned free agents, and I don't, I don't entirely understand how you end up in this catalog or who gets to go over there, like, yeah, I would obviously there're guys like Yassiel Puig, Edison Russell, who scooter Jeanette, who are very accomplished players who for whatever reason do not have a team right now um, but have achieved a lot of success and are still relatively young. You think those types of guys are going to be the guys who fit into this category and I don't know what the cutoff is and how you tell some guys you can or cannot go, but essentially what they intend to do, is fill up two rosters. I don't know if they're going to be 60 guys. I don't know if they're going to be more than that, if it's 50 guys, but I think at least 60 guys. And what they would do is they'd keep them all in Nashville, and they would play each other and work out a lot. And it'd be like a spring training facility. And so that way, what these players, when you are – if you need to sign a guy – off the waiver yeah. wire or one of these unrestricted free agents, they've been working out, they've been in good shape mm-hmm. and they've been, I guess you could say quarantine in a certain spot. So it's not like you're pulling guys from all over the country.
1: Yeah. Um, definitely. No, I, th- I think that's a, a good way to go about it too. Cause, uh, you know, in these professional sports too, it is that next man up mentality too. And, and, uh, you know, injuries, you know, do unfortunately happen, um, different type things, you know, especially with a, um, thing that we have going on here with, with COVID-19 as well. I mean, players, you know, I'd hate to see it, but players are potentially at risk to getting sick as well. Um, and that would be, you know, the, um, pretty much that extra piggy bank, I guess on, on your dresser there to, you know, go through it and, um, you know, get those players uh, that like you said, have done a lot th- throughout their careers and very accomplished, um, but for whatever reason, just haven't found the right fit yet for um, their next team. So um, I-, I really am uh, a fan of that that type you know plan. Um, a lot of this actually though is, is what you're bringing up to me for the first time that I'm hearing too, so <laughs> I don't think I've been doing as much digging um, as possible too. But I, I really am a a fan of that idea. Um, I think like you said, it, it it makes matters, um, as safe as possible just based on what's everything going on right now
0: totally i think this is a, an interesting idea and i think it's it's a little similar cuz there are guys who maybe they have an injury and they work out at their spring training facility and they stay there for 2 months mm-hmm. to stay in shape and to or to you know get back into shape after sustaining an injury yeah. i know daniel murphy was a guy who did that a couple years ago i'm uh, i'm curious to see how that plays out and i think what You know, we'll, we'll see, maybe I'm reading behind the lines here a little bit, but maybe this is, they could be looking at Nashville as a potential home for a future MLB franchise MLB. if they want to expand this league.
1: That would be uh, a fantastic idea, uh, in my opinion, too. I, I think it is a um, a state or a region of the country. If you look at it, those major metro areas in that southeastern portion There really aren't a whole lot. I don't know if you've actually taken the time to kind of take a look at it, but between the Braves in Atlanta and the Nats over in Washington, you really don't have a whole lot going on in there. The furthest next team you have, I would say, is St. Louis, and they're further west there, obviously. Or Texas. Texas, yeah, and even getting a little bit further south there, too. But, you know, that Kentucky, Tennessee region, uh, the Carolinas. Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City, yeah, it's that – Midwest to Southeast type region where um, I definitely do think there is um, traction, especially because you look at even from a collegiate standpoint, the Southeastern conference, the ACC, those are some big time competition that you have there um, and produces, I mean, top of the line type professional baseball players. Uh, I mean, you can name a bunch of them off the top of your head, Buster Posey over at Florida State or NC state, you've got Trey Turner. I mean, the, the names you can you can list those off for days too, but I, I definitely do think. Um, interesting enough, like you said, I, I would not be opposed to that one bit here too. Obviously, I'm I'm not a huge fan of having an odd number of teams in the professional sport. However, I think that is something that they can easily hash out and add number 32 um, before it's all said and done.
0: Well, I think what they could really do here, and this has been talked about a lot. Um, and we, we don't have time to get into the whole uh, meat and potatoes of it today, yeah. but I think the NFL has a good model. 32 teams, four divisions in each league yeah. or conference. And what you're able to do is once you get to 16 in each league, you can limit the number of interleague games where I thought interleague was a lot more exciting when they had a showcase series back when it'd be like, here's three or four weeks in June yeah. or May and you get some of those games, but when you have it going on all the time, it loses some of its luster, and now they've added the, de- the designated hitter, so maybe it doesn't mean as much, but it what you can do is, once you have 16 in each league, you don't have to have... Everyone in that league can be playing someone in their league at all yeah. times, because you can have, you have 8 and 8, but when you have 15 then someone has to be playing an interleague game at all times, and that makes interleague less special.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you, too. I I do like that idea. That'd be getting into a whole nother spiel here with, uh, like you said, (laughs) with the playoffs and stuff like that in that format as well. But it's an interesting thing to definitely play around with, for sure. Um, I think in due time, I mean, like any other great organization, they want expansion, you know? They want you know, to continue to keep growing. And I do think we're eventually going to get there. Um, Just, you know, food for thought anyway, on my end.
0: You mentioned that region of the country, they do love baseball there. And there are a lot of, if you meet people from Alabama or Arkansas and chances are they like baseball, maybe, maybe they don't love and obsess over baseball the way that fans in those markets do. But the Cardinals and the Braves, as you mentioned, they, they have a big reach in that part of the country. They have a lot of fans. And so if you were to put some teams in that area, I definitely do think whether it's San Antonio, Oklahoma City, Nashville, and even if you were to expand and let's say you went out to Buffalo, we've seen which is a totally different part of yeah. the country, but we've seen how passionate those fans are. I think there's a lot of uh, potential markets here to choose from.
1: It's cool. It's, It's a fun idea to play around with. I definitely think, um, potentially some of the, I guess, caution on the side of those regions that we had mentioned as well could be, like you said, the, the St. Louis Cardinals, the Atlanta Braves, kind of bigger, um, nationally recognized names, I guess you could say throughout the sport of baseball, um, And maybe that's their fear is that they wouldn't be able to um, attract, like we had mentioned, that new brand of whatever that new team or new city would be because that region has already been saturated by those fandoms of, like you said, Atlanta and St. Louis. But it's an interesting um, take for sure. Um, I, I would not certainly be opposed to it, though.
0: Yeah, it might take a little bit if, let's say, they did go to that one of those cities and they have all those fans already. Well, you're going to absolutely want to go to the games because you love baseball. And then you you start by adopting them as your second team, and then eventually your kids are going to be fans of that team, and then you build up that big fan base.
1: Absolutely, and I'd say even throughout our times here, too, you look at the, um, I guess, the different teams here. Vegas Knights, for instance, in the NHL, kind of one of those teams that are still, still getting their feet wet. Um as far as again hockey is just a little bit different here in the US than it is versus the other three um major professional sports. But for instance the Oklahoma City Thunder, look at that within the last fifteen years or whatever. It's been twelve years since they've actually had a, a franchise and the popularity that grew there. It takes a player or two, you know. They had the James Harden, the Russ Westbrook and Kevin Durant, and look at where that franchise is right now. Houston Texans is another prime example. You have JJ Watt and you've got Deshaun Watson and how that's changed around a franchise over the last 20 years too. So um, and those are some of the newer teams, obviously that have been expanded since I've followed um, professional sports as well. So it um, definitely, you know, would be, would be cool. Like you said, it takes some time, but um, obviously at the end of the day, like I, I don't see, I see the pros outweighing the cons. Let's just put it at that.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right. Our last MLB-related thing for today, unless you have something else and we can maybe talk yeah, about if there's anything going on in these other sports. I'm curious to see, with the 60-game season, I, we talked about this a little bit earlier, and I'm sure we'll discuss it plenty more on this podcast over the next month with baseball coming up and as we find out more details, more information about these teams. They've also expanded the playoffs to make uh, more money. So you're playing with a shortened season, more playoff teams, and it seems because of that, there's a greater likelihood of a team such as the New York Mets winning the World Series this year. How satisfactory versus dissatisfactory um, do you think there will be if a team such as the Mets or maybe it's the, uh, let me think, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Maybe that's a little different because you get Trout in there, but uh, it's a team such as one of those who we look at as a team probably in the middle of the pack in their league, and now all of a sudden they get into the playoffs and they go on a little run here. And baseball is such a fluky sport. We've seen it happen with wildcard yep. teams. But now you're expanding that reach. Shorter season, flukier thing. You could have a team like the Dodgers or the Cardinals experience some injuries and, end up missing the playoffs as a result right well, uh, what are your thoughts on that matter james yeah,
1: um i guess to, to start here i know there were talks of the seven per league in the playoffs is that confirmed because i was also hearing rumors here and again i haven't followed it as closely as i wish i would have but um are they already confirmed as far as having seven and seven at the end of the 60 or how is this working is it still the five and five
0: I honestly, I don't think that's been disclosed yet, actually, okay. to tell the truth. Um, it looks like, like again, that's something that I thought was going to happen just because MLB was forcing a lot of these stu- things in, and maybe it has yet to be announced, maybe it has yet to be decided, but it is a strong uh, possibility this season. Gotcha.
1: Okay, cool. Well, um, for, for starters, for me, being, like I said, uh, huge in seeing the new teams in there. Um, just being an avid baseball fan, I wouldn't mind it one bit. Um, again, like I said, I don't like God. even seeing my own, well, okay, I shouldn't say that. My own team, if they're winning four straight <laughs> World Series, that's something that I can get behind. However, um, <laughs> if it is other teams here, I do like to kind of see that the, you know, the cycle go through of have some good years, have some bad years, and pretty much that continue here, I, I think it's good for the game. Um, yeah, like you said, it it would certainly be interesting. And I do think again, a lot of those fans that are just kind of the, the casual fan, I think would be like, well, I'm not even going to tune into, I remember 2015 world series was one of those that like was almost kind of forgettable. Um, there really wasn't a whole lot of action unless you are a fan of the Mets or the Royals. Um, with either one of those, Alex
0: Gordon's home run. What are you talking about? That,
1: yeah, the 2014 one. For, <laughs> no, but that yeah. was another good one. I know the Royals didn't like that, and Royals fans might not like me for that. But that was a <laughs> definitely a memorable one too. But um, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. Um, like I said, I mean, I don't think that a lot of people are going to recognize a lot of the players on the Mets, like maybe you and I would, and follow it a little more closely um, with that. But. Um, I certainly would not be um, opposed to it or, or, or dissatisfied, I guess you can say, with it. I don't know what your take is on all of that, too. But I know one of the teams to kind of keep a close eye on as well, um, a team that I see that has stretches year in, year out, they usually do end up uh, faltering off over the stretch. But the Colorado Rockies, man, when when you get in those summer months, that ball yeah. is flying over there in Colorado <laughs> Um, the home runs are lively. It's a lot of fun. You see Nolan Arenado hitting 40 plus a year. Um, it's, it's fun. I mean, again, it, it, going back to that whole idea of offense produces the fans, produces the revenue, um, that sort of thing, too. So that's one of those teams I would say keep an eye on um, in this shortened type season. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on it, Jack?
0: I think the more I go deeper into podcasting and blogging and covering the sport, the less I've become a fan of a particular team each year, it feels like my fandom for one team is weaker and weaker. And that sound that might sound unappealing to people, but it actually I just grow deeper and deeper in love with this sport and I just wanna see great baseball all the time yep. and I enjoy baseball more than I ever have in that regard. So there's a part of me that just feels like it's tough because if a team like the Dodgers wins the world series, that's personally, I think might be the best outcome is to actually get those heavy hitters into that world series, especially a team like the Dodgers that has gone almost 40 years now. Well, 30 years without winning a world series. And it's just, it's tough. I mean, you want to. I'm at a point now where I start to feel bad for them despite the fact that they've had this sustained success, seven straight division titles. So while oh, I yeah. want to see that, at the same time, if the Dodgers win it, you're going to have all these people who, again, social media, cesspool of negativity, yeah. lots of not great stuff on social media, but they're going to say, oh, this was a shortened season. They didn't really win right. it. Whereas I think. Th- I would say that the degree of difficulty for a team that's at the top might be higher than this might be a higher degree of difficulty than a 162 season because when you're an underdog the best thing that can happen is to have a smaller uh smaller season, yep. smaller opportunity. Yeah. If you're if you're going to play a pro golfer in golf James You only want to play the guy one hole because you have a better chance of him shanking something and something happening there. But if you play eighteen holes, he's gonna smoke you.
1: NCAA tournament, another example. You think that yes, you think UMBC beats Virginia if they play them twenty times. I think (laughs) nineteen of those times we know the result of that one. Got him on a good day, sort of thing. You know, so um, I would agree with you on that too. It's fun, like I said, I just enjoy seeing those. uh, Those teams, like you said, though um, there are a lot of times. I even look at the twenty twelve. It was the the year that Dirk finally got his um, championship ring in the Mavericks. It seemed like for the better half of the two thousands as well. um, Again, going off track here, but NBA, you know, he was. um, They were kind of that team too. The Mavericks were always just like that, Um, top of the line, one to three seed, pretty much in the West. Here, like, oh, is this the year? Is this the year? And it's the year that the super team came together in Miami and they kind of went under the radar. Uh, Dallas did. And they finally got that, that title for Dirk yeah. and kid and Terry and um, all those guys who have been, like you said, accomplished. I like seeing that. I think in due time, those that are the best of their game, I think before it's all said and done, Kershaw's going to get a ring. I think before it's all said and done, I think Justin Turner's going to get his ring. Um, Bellinger, same could be said there. I, and a big proponent of if you are at the top of your game at one point or another, you're going to find your way to there. I know there are the, you know, the silver linings and all of that, like the, the merinos and whatnot. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I get what you're saying with that. Where it's a point where it's like, okay, seven straight division titles here. And you guys continue to find ways to kind of fumble it, fumble it away, I guess for, for lack of a better term. But, um, I know exactly what you're saying. The degree of difficulty, I think, again, um, you and I being big baseball fans know just how difficult it is to, A, hit a baseball in general um, when you get to that <laughs> yeah. type of level. But, yeah, the degree of difficulty, I don't think if you're playing 162, if you're playing 60, it's, it's still going to be a grind regardless because um, everyone else is going through the same exact thing you are too. So it's essentially being the best of the best. Um, that's how I look at it at the end of the day here too, but, um, it certainly will be, it will be interesting. I'm excited to get back to it and have that, um, competitive nature come back.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I guess the last thing I'd say is if it's a team like the Tampa Bay Rays winning the world series who are an awesome team, but people they've been overlooked because they're in a small market, all of that stuff. They're once again going to be discredited if they win their championship, which is unfortunate.
1: Yeah, you know we can't we can't please everyone. I think is the biggest thing to take away from that as well. You know you're gonna you're gonna have your haters, regardless. If like you said, you're the Yankees who have such a strong tie to so many fans. You know, another global type signature logo, essentially, um, or if it's a team as small as like you said, the Tampa Bay Rays, Miami Marlins, those smaller market teams that, um, you know, people are going to be like, well, what? Like, this is kind of boring. I don't really know much about them.
0: Well, I think, I guess what I'm trying to make that there's a difference between teams like the Braves, teams like the Rays that might not get as much attention, but if you're a real fan of the sport, you know how good they are. And then a team such as uh, the Mets, or (laughs) I just keep coming back to the Mets, uh I'm trying to think of another good example in the
1: the lovable match. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> in the in the American League is there someone that comes to mind that just epitomizes average uh,
1: that epitomizes average but has those high expectations well, with, yeah, uh, I don't
0: even know if they have high expectations with... or not. It doesn't matter in that regard but a team let's say the uh, the Texas Rangers, who are a good team, but okay. I think if you end up with a couple of teams like that in the World Series, it's not going to be great because you're not going to get as much publicity because of, like you said, we want people want to see the Yankees, they want to see the Dodgers, and than the fact that, okay, was this a real season? I think that's my one cause for concern with opening this thing up and just getting a weird wild playoffs. But at the same time as a podcaster, it's going to make for great content because if we get shocking, crazy outcomes and results, there's going to be plenty to talk about.
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, No, I, 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 I'll echo that point then, too, because I, I understand what you were saying, too. It's it's the big names they want to see um, in the big games, essentially. Yeah. So um, I agree with you on that one as well.
0: Yeah, and I'll just feel bad if there are teams that go into the season and we know if they play 162, they're probably going to win their division. And if they end up experiencing some injuries and having some problems and then they end up missing the playoffs entirely... That that's again the, the other danger that we could run into.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, again, it's it's part of the sport, though. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening here too. It's an unfortunate part, but um, I'm excited for it to get back. I'm sure um, I'm reiterating everything that you're saying <laughs> though as well.
0: Cool. Well, James, do you have any other thoughts or concerns for Major League Baseball?
1: Thoughts or concerns? No, um, nothing. We covered right a lot. I think we touched. Yeah, we did touch on a lot of it right now. I'm just happy to um, get back to it. Like you said, just uh, start to get our normalcy back, which is baseball in the summertime here. Yeah. Um, it'll be fun to get everyone back and uh, something for all of us to look forward to watch on TV. Like you said, we can kind of hop off the Netflix and, and go to this.
0: Yeah, I think something good, again, looking for the positive and silver lining in all of these things is that people, hopefully, we'll see, hopefully, are able to appreciate the things that they took for granted for a yep. long time. And it would be really yep. cool to see baseball, hockey, NBA, all the, all those ratings just go through the roof because people want it and are just starving for content. And yep. it brings in new fans because of the fact that hey this summer is very different from how most summers are going to be. You're typically not going to have this many viewers in the summertime because people vacation and do all of that stuff. And so um, I think it's going to mean a whole lot for our country, a whole lot for our world to have sports back. I think we could have some bigger than sports moments as a result of that. And I just I think about some of the times where our, our country has faced adversity and I look at nine 11 and when George Bush threw that perfect strike and, uh, in the world series in New York and everyone chanted mm. USA. And then when, uh, the Boston marathon bombing happened and the Red Sox played and big poppy gave his little speech and said, this is our effing city and all of that. How met how much sports meant to people. And I think we're going to get to see that. And uh, I'm excited to celebrate some of that great American values and uh, sports and celebrate all of that, that we have once it returns. I think people will have a deeper appreciation for it. At least that's my hope. Definitely. No, I think I, I don't think I could have said it better. Awesome. Well, James, in terms of other sports, I'm curious, do you have anything that... I know you're a huge college football fan. uh, You're a big sports fan in general, and I know you're going to consume any sport that's really put out there in terms of the sports that we are familiar with. What's been on your mind in terms of sports leading up to this fall and the hopeful return of sports in a month?
1: What's been on my mind with it? Um I would probably just, uh, again, go back to just the excitement with it all here. It's very interesting to see, um, how this whole thing does end up playing out here. You know, I'm, I'm very hopeful that there will be college football and professional football as we, um, wind down here into August and September, um, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, just based off of everything that we've been seeing here the past couple of months. Here, I'm, yeah, I'm just, I guess, on edge about everything when it comes to that. I'm mm-hmm. excited, but I, I do want everything to get back to normal. Obviously, I understand there's a process that goes along with that too. But, um, yeah, as far as that goes, I'm just, I'm excited to, you know, get playing. Like you said, there's going to be a different type of appreciation I think that people have once everything is back to normal. It's going to be. Um, that even Trump's uh, funny, weird saying it, but even Trump's wins and losses, I guess you could say, um, just to have it back and be like, okay, this is like the, the comfort that I remember. This is the the fun that I remember, um, sort of thing. That's, I guess my thoughts on the whole thing. Did you have Mm -hmm. anything, um, in particular on your mind with it?
0: No, I think I shared my thoughts. I was, I was just curious if you had thoughts about the return of, basketball the return of college football what those sports might look like and how you think those sports could play out this fall or this uh this, the later this summer i guess
1: yeah um I, yeah that another um loaded question i guess you could say. I, i'm not <laughs> i'm not too sure um uh, how everything will play out here um i know they did just release the nba schedule from my understanding yesterday um, and I already saw it here at the back end of July. Some games being played on TNT, love scene, that type of stuff. So um, the best, the
0: best coverage of any sport is uh, I guess maybe with, maybe college game day, but uh, yeah, NBA on TNT. That's just oh, it's a huge Shaq, event every Kenny. time.
1: Yeah, Shaq, Kenny, and uh, Barkley. the other one here? <laughs> and Barkley. Yeah, it's it's a good crew for sure. It's fun um, and Ernie, yeah, of course college game day. I don't know if there is a better thing happening on a Saturday morning than live from Stillwater, Oklahoma, or <laughs> live from <laughs> Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, I, am not sure it gets much better than that when it comes to the collegiate atmosphere. Um, so, you know, it'll be fun. I'm excited. Um, I, to be honest with you though, like I said, not really sure what to expect with all of this. I know again, it's, it is just a lot of, uh, day by day type process here. And I'm interested to see how everything plays out, hopefully, you know, for the better too. And uh, we'll get back to, um, to that, that regular lifestyle. Like I said, that we're, that we're accustomed to.
0: I think it, it could be better than regular. I think part of it is the fact that we've looked at a lot of what we had as regular and mundane, and now we're going to have an even greater appreciation for the things that yeah. God has given us and blessed us with, that we're not going to look at it as regular. We're going to look at it as extraordinary and how uh, how great we've had it in this country for so long, because there are countries uh-huh. that have had to live in fear and have had worse issues than what we've had over the past few months
1: oh well, like yeah I, like you <laughs> said i mean i again i don't know if i can reiterate that anymore but yeah the, <laughs> the appreciation for the game is going to be a lot different and it's going to be a lot better i think
0: yeah all right let's talk about this college football thing for a second here i haven't been following what the return of all this stuff is going to look like, what the latest news is. I basically just pop out of the woods whenever there is significant news. I do know yep. that every single SEC school is planning to be back on campus, has a return yep. date. I think that could be, that's a good sign. I do think if there's one conference that's going to just say, look, we're going to make these yeah. games happen. We're going to play. Right. It's the SEC. And yeah,
1: it just means more.
0: Yeah, and you have to think that if the SEC does it, I mean, how much of a stain is that going to be on a Big Ten program that wants to recruit guys in the future if they were to not play this year? If they're, you look at, oh, well, the SEC is going to play.
1: Yeah, no, I, I do think there are going to be, obviously, those those implications. Um, again, those athletes and those these prospects, these high school kids that are getting recruited, um obviously know what the ohio states are all about what the uscs are all about you know the miami floridas and whatnot here too and they're not going to obviously get the same recognition as say the sec schools with like you said if they're the only ones playing right now they're going to be the ones that are going to be watched um so maybe again it'll be um a thing for that even younger generation those that are just starting to get into the sport and um are figuring out those teams to follow which teams they like what teams do they like to watch um, what teams are actually on nationally televised stations here and it's going to be everything from coming out of that southeastern conference so that could definitely play a role like i said kind of that that newer age newer generation um i think those that obviously um, have been around the sports for quite some time are those high school athletes that have been looking and been recruited they know, like I had mentioned about the Ohio State. There's not really anything to be, like I guess, necessarily concerned about in that aspect. I think as um, as you get younger down the line, though, maybe that might be the affecting yeah. role. But other than that, not too much tweaking, I would say. What are your thoughts?
0: Well, I think I guess the basic thing is if you look at, hey, the SEC is going to get more eyeballs. They're going to get more uh, appeal from potential recruits. And all of that type of stuff, they're going to make more money. If the SEC comes out and says, we're going to do this thing, then I think you're putting the pressure turns to a lot of other conferences and says, well, we can't fall behind the SEC even more than we may be behind them already. And that's where I think that you might need someone like the SEC to just come out and say, here's our plan. And then I think once that happens, other conferences, other programs could follow suit.
1: Let the dominoes fall where they may. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like you said, I don't think even if you do have, you know, the rest of the leagues playing, we know who the top league is like that is the SEC. It has been for the past decade. Um, I don't think a lot of people see that letting up or changing anytime soon. A moment here either. So um, I think regardless of whether or not, like you said, if you have only them playing or not, they're going to be probably the most followed after conference to begin with. So um, how much does that really implicate things? You know, so it remains to be seen.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I do wonder what college game day could look like this fall. I mean, obviously no one knows what the timetable on all of this stuff for COVID-19 is going to be. Yep in terms of crowds gathering and all of that stuff, are they going to try to do something where maybe they go on campus, but they can't really have fans following them around and have that big crowd behind them. Or maybe there's a way that they can socially distance the people out. Like some of these theme parks are doing where they're going to put tape down and say, you have to stand six feet apart. I don't know, but, uh, I I definitely just want to get back to that Saturday morning College Game Day feel because sometimes during this quarantine period, including this Saturday, I just turn on my recordings of College Game Day and watch it for like a half hour and just get pumped Uh up and listen to that great uh, John Rich song. Love it. Love it. No,
1: that's, um, yeah, like like we touched on, everything is going to be a little bit different here um, and, you know, um, pretty much taking it day by day to see what the actual outcome is going to be come, you know, Saturdays in the fall.
0: All right, James, I feel like we've covered pretty much everything we could. Did you have anything else that you came to the podcast ready to discuss?
1: No, that uh, that about sums it up here. I think it was a good discussion here. Um, always good breaking down the film with uh, Mr. Vita here. Um, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Um, fun to listen to you. I do think obviously, you know, this is right up your path and right up your alley, (laughs) um, even moving forward here as you, you know, progress your career as well in it. So um, well done. It was an awesome first time. Listen and join in the discussion as well. um, On a, you know, cool and exciting
0: topic here that we have coming (laughs) up here. But no, very appreciative
1: to have been um, a part of this and been on um, as a first-time guest.
0: James, you had an excellent debut outing. It's like you went seven innings pitched, we had to take you out because of the pitch count. We couldn't let you <laughs> go the whole way. We gave up no runs, four hits, uh, and we won the game. That's that's pretty much what you did in your debut outing, and the sky's the limit now that you've made your debut on the Jack Vita show.
1: A little bit of a tip of the cap as I walk back to the third base dugout there <laughs> to the fans, you know, give them a nice little wave. Now, I can appreciate a good sports analogy with that, too. It's been awesome, Jack, I got um, I think, you know, this is something right up your alley too. So, um, glad to have been part of it and thank you for letting me be a part of it.
0: Yeah. My pleasure, man. If we had a game ball, I'd be sure to give it to you. Uh-huh. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> Without getting my germs on it, of course. Right. Of course. I'll, I'll spray it <laughs> down a little bit with some them. Well, let's definitely have you back at some point. I'm glad we finally broke the mid in and you uh, got some run here. We'll do it again sometime later this summer maybe in the fall when college football college basketball returns uh if we don't get sports for a while maybe we'll just come on here and talk about a classic sports movie or something like that Mm, instead why not
1: why not can't beat that
0: (laughs) all right james uh would you like to throw out your social media handles or anything of that nature is there anything you'd like to plug or promote while you uh are shown the door here
1: you know, Vita, if I knew what they were, I would throw them out there. I'm, I can't <laughs> say that I remember them off the top of my head, though, too. So um, I'll let you feel free to do that uh, if you need to. But um, no, I'll definitely be throwing follows. Look for a guy named James Iskadek. It's a Serbian last name, and we'll go from there.
0: Did I pronounce it your last name correctly in terms East of the Kovic, Serbian pronunciation?
1: Ivkovic would be, yes, if we were in Europe and in Serbia there. But um, no, no, I guess, super strong ties. My dad was born in Germany. Um, obviously, <laughs> it was Yugos- Yugoslavian last name, which is now Serbia. So, um, yeah, I've never been there. Can't speak the language. Don't really know much about the culture. So, um, just fortunate enough, I guess, to have a cool last name that all of my teachers in elementary school would always butcher on the first day of class. So
0: <laughs> well, I like, I like the Serbian pronunciation. It makes you sound like you're like a six foot six shooter that comes oh, off yeah. the bench and puts they up kid, like they
1: international stash in the draft in the second round. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> One of those. And Marv, Marv, ivkovic Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> oh man. That's a signature right there. That's a signature Marv Albert. Uh, in fourth game under thirty sec fourth quarter <laughs> under thirty seconds. That's a that's a prime time uh who who does another one? Who does the bang? Who who is that one? Uh oh Mike Breen. ESPN. Yeah, Mike yeah. He's another funny yeah, I, one.
0: I don't I don't have a Mike Breen impression uh ready for you, but I could do bang! Ernie Johnson.
1: That's all. What what's your Ernie?
0: <laughs> Ernie Johnson here, back for halftime of TNT. We are back in action. Sir Charles Barkley and uh, <laughs> Kenny and Shaq, Ch- and uh, what would you see there in that first half?
1: Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible, terrible play. That's <laughs> good. That reminds me of 2K as well, because they got them on there as well. But that's, <laughs> uh, that's a fun time. Very good impression, too. Jack Vita, if you need a Marv Albert expression, go to him.
0: All right, all right. I'll save the impressions for future podcasts. I'll try and bring them out a little more for you, buddy.
1: Can't spill all the beans right now.
0: (laughs) All right, James. This was a blast. Uh, Take care, kid. Come back soon.
1: Sounds like a plan. Thanks so much, Jack. I appreciate it.
0: All right, everybody. James Ivekovic. What an outstanding outing from James. So glad he was able to join me this morning on the Jack Vita Show to discuss. the return of baseball, and also a little bit of other sports in there as well. I really am optimistic and hopeful. I know that it's recently just been a stressful time for a lot of people, and we're all kind of itching to get back to living in quote-unquote normalcy, but I do trust God. I know that God will bring us there eventually. God is doing awesome, great, amazing things right now that does not make the news. Sometimes we don't know about these things, but God is working miracles at all times. We have nothing to be afraid of, nothing to fear. God loves you. God cares about you, and God is going to protect you. I believe that message to be true, and I hope you do as well. As I mentioned at the top of this show, I've got some other stuff coming up. There will be, I will do a better job in the month of July of getting episodes out. I kind of needed to just take a little break. It was nice to have a little bit of a break, especially before sports come back. But if we're having sports this month, you bet I will be podcasting. There will be so much to talk about with the return of the NBA, the return of Major League Baseball. And the return of the National Hockey League, and hopefully this fall, the return of the NFL, the return of college football. The main reason why I haven't podcasted over the last few weeks is because I've been hard at work on another project, and it seems like it's a good time to be working on all that with the amount of free time that we have, and again, lack of sports stuff going on, but whether or not there are sports, We will still be podcasting, so I appreciate all of you for listening in, all of the support that you show, and I can't wait to fill you in on the next project that's going to be coming out very soon. If you would like to get in touch with me on social media, you can find me at Jack Vita Show on Twitter and Instagram, no spaces in between, all one word, at Jack Vita Show, facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show. Follow that Facebook page. I'll post all of my content onto that page, and I'll give some other announcements on there as well. It has been an awesome time today, and I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, you'd like to hear more from the podcast, please subscribe to The Jack Vita Show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to this podcast. Hit subscribe, and please leave a five-star rating and review write a few kind words it goes a long way for this podcast it would mean the world to me to all of you that have already left a five star review thank you so much I really appreciate you I appreciate all of you all of you that are listening uh again stay positive through these times we're going to get through all of this and I will be back soon with some more fun content for all of you the listeners until next time I'm Jack Vita Bring in the dancing lobsters.